0: where we talk about the Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 albums of all time. I am the Velvet Bulldozer, Jacob Schatz. And I'm 27, a gay icon. You know it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the most iconic. Today we're reviewing Touch by the Eurythmics and Born Under a Bad Sign by Albert King, who is one of the other kings of blues guitar, which we were talking about with B.B. King, who is one of them as well.
0: Let's start off with Eurythmics. That's what we shall do. Eurythmics is a new wave band consisting of Annie Lennox and David Stewart, and they are most famous for "Sweet Dreams Are Made of This," which was yeah. sort of a, a one-hit wonder type of song.
1: Yeah, like everyone knows that song is real big on MTV. Marilyn Manson did a cover of it and made it all dark and edgy. You know what it already was. That's kind of <laughs>
0: Marilyn Manson's deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Eurythmics can be pretty, or like the like dark and edgy of like this era. Um, But also, like, in a mainstream kind of way, like, it's marketable.
0: Yeah, yeah. Their new wave style is a little bit more avant-garde in some ways. Like, they definitely push the edges of electronic music fused with pop at the time. As opposed to some other kinds of new wave bands like The Police, which are a little bit more classic rock and roll with the new wave stuff infused in.
1: Exactly, yeah. Their rhythmics take a lot of influence of, like, the synth pop kind of new wave and they have varying multiple styles and they and i can see their influence on artists of today and the influence they took from the other new wave bands of the time devo talking heads the police and tears for fears and everything and it's all a mishmash and it's very good
0: yeah i like this album a lot more than i was expecting to i didn't expect to hate it but also this style of synth pop isn't usually my bag i've said that about a lot of the styles (laughs) of music that we go on about on this show yeah most of them yeah but like it this is really the one where I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. This, yeah, this is the one yeah. that's got the most danger going in. And then it turned out to be just really fun and yeah. really dense and engaging.
1: It's super fun. Uh, so, like, my history with this style is I've listened to a lot of it. Like, I'm a huge Devo fan. I love Tears for Fears. I love, you know, The Police and Talking Heads, and they do this sort of thing. And, but but the thing is, I thought, and I think you had a similar experience, like, I thought that all their music would be that, like, Sweet Dreams style, like the, the melancholy, like, morose, like, kind of dark, like, synth pop. Yeah. Like, which, the first track of this album is Here Comes the Rain Again. Like, it sounds a lot like that style. But then it really diverges in a lot of different directions, like, all over the album.
0: They play with a lot of different styles on this one, which is yeah. part of the reason why I enjoyed it as much as I did. Because you get a huge range of different types of music, but it's all feels like your rhythmic a It is way. cohesive,
1: for sure. Yeah. And I thought, the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, well, that was kind of disappointing, because... Here Comes the Rain Again was really, really good. That's what I was thinking that the album would be like. And then the rest of the album wasn't really like that, except for some other songs, like No Love, No Fear, No Hate, No No Broken Hearts. (laughs) Or, I said it wrong. It's No Fear, No Hate, No Pain. But I did end up really liking... All the other stuff, like, on second and third listens and everything, like, hearing it again and again, like, and now, like, the ones that do sound like what I imagine the rhythmic's are, is are, like, really good, but the other stuff is kind of more interesting in a way. There's a lot of variety on this album, and it makes every song stand out, and it's memorable. Like, this is one where I didn't take notes, partially because I was busy with MAGFest all weekend, but yeah. also because I didn't feel like I need to. There's nine tracks on this thing. They're all distinct
0: They really are, yeah. There's no tracks that I forgot about. We, before, while we're just prepping this, we sang... Like, the hooks from half the stuff on the album. Yeah,
1: like, most of the songs, we, like, we were, like, just singing them, like, just for funsies.
0: There were just little (laughs) bits that we picked up on and were great fun and got hooked on us. Exactly. That's fine.
1: The the hooks on this album are so fun and so, like, catchy and memorable. Like, every single one, pretty much, they all have something going on and something different. and And, like, they're weird. Like, there's always something weird going on a lot of the time, and and that's what I really love. It's never completely, like, serious, or, I mean, it it might be, but there's always something, like, strange or experimental happening. This album is, I understand, more critically acclaimed than their previous album, Sweet Dreams. So I feel like that one might have been more safe and more commercial. That sounds right. I definitely still want to listen to that one to see where they came from, and because I love the song Sweet Dreams, so it can't be that bad. If anything, there's going to be a couple tracks that I like on it.
0: There's okay. at least one. At we least one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> and on this album, I actually already knew the song Who's That Girl. I'd heard it before somewhere. But it was, I was like, oh yeah, okay. I, I kind of know this one-ish.
0: It's got a very familiar, I mean, we'll get into it in the track by track, but that song in particular, as I'm thinking about it, has a very familiar synth hook to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, just, I can't recall the chord progression exactly but it's got something that's really familiar for just like playing around on a synth
1: right yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to really finger it but there's something there and it's not like it makes it generic it's a really unique song but it is one of the singles and one of the radio hits of the album
0: yep before we get into the track by track just a couple of pieces of trivia about the album touch there was a remix album called touch dance which was as you might expect dance remixes of a bunch of the songs on touch and there were a couple instrumental versions of those dance remixes i think and uh the band didn't have a part in making that the record label did it and they just like produced it and the band hates it
1: it's it's just like that episode of drake and josh (laughs) where drake puts out his new single and he gives it to the record company and then he's like oh man they're about to play my single on the radio for the first time and, like, they play it, and it's, like, this shitty fucking dance remix. And he's like, oh, my God, they ruined my song. And, and like, he gets super mad. And, like, they end up, like, breaking into, like, the, the place and, like, switching the CD and shit. And it's great. I, I, just, I can
0: totally imagine Annie Lennox doing that because she's just punk enough to try it.
1: Exactly. I really, like, I bet she definitely would if, if she was down. She, if if like she wanted was down. to. You. Yeah. This is the first time we've related a, a situation in our... Albums we're reviewing to an episode of Drake and Josh.
0: But it will not be the last. <laughs> exactly. Mark my words. <laughs> other piece of trivia is that Touch is also the first album to be released simultaneously on vinyl and on the CD format, which was still relatively oh. new at the time, in yeah. the United States.
1: Yeah, I guess it would have been around that time, huh? Like, What what year did this album come out? This was
0: 83.
1: Wow, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, CDs go pretty far back, huh?
0: Yeah, farther than you remember. I mean, this was the first to yeah. be on both. Exactly. I assume that they probably got adjusted a little bit where it's like, hey, we'll do the typical release and cassette and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. then we'll go to CD later.
1: So yeah, 83 is like, that's like pretty like deep into the new wave movement and like the post-punk and everything. But it's not like the, it's not near the end of it either. Because I'd say it's like, it's like 78 to 88 is, is like the prime of it. You know, it's that section. So this is like in the middle. And that's why you can hear influence from, Devo from Talking Heads and from Tears for Fears, and also it has its own weird new stuff that has influenced artists later on.
0: Yeah, even so, though New Wave is now a relatively well-developed style by the time that this album came out, Eurythmics is also on the cutting edge of what New Wave was at the time. Yeah. And helped define the sound.
1: Especially with this, their third album, which apparently was the the most influential one, and this is what why this is the one on the list, Yeah, of course.
0: You wanna dig into that track by track?
1: Let's start digging.
0: So we start off with Here Comes the Rain Again, and you said this is like a, if there were a typical Eurythmic song, this would probably be it, right?
1: Yeah, because like, I was like imagining like what the album's going to be like before I listened to it for the first time, and pretty much Here Comes the Rain Again met the expectation 100%, and I was super happy with it. I was like, this song rules, because it does. It's really good. <laughs> it's like really melancholy, and it has like sweet synth hooks and stuff and it does sound like it would fit on the same album as sweet dreams easily it's just really well written you know because it starts with like you know here comes the rain again falling on my head like a memory falling on my head like a new emotion and that's like really cool but then when she brings that back later she says tearing me apart like a new emotion i'm like oh okay that's nice yeah (laughs) i also love
0: the use of the phrase i want to talk like lovers do yeah because that is indirect Mm -hmm. and it's super indirect about something that's supposed to be intimate
1: yeah, yeah. And, and also, like, it gets poetic, too, with, like, want to dive into your ocean. Is it raining with you? Like, yeah. Like, is it, like, so the rain is coming again in her world where, like, she's, you know, having all these personal problems and depression and stuff. She's asking, you know, like, is your world raining? Like, is it better over there? You know? Like, right. Right and she that's why she wants to talk like lovers do and
0: but it's not i don't want to be your lover it's i want to talk like lovers do it's yeah, like i want to yeah, have yeah, yeah. i want to have this interaction but i don't want as much of the permanent attachment i don't want this to be yeah. a fixture but i need something exactly and that's that's really strong
1: yeah and and also i only just literally just now thought about this I want to dive into your ocean. She wants to know about all of this person's baggage and maybe help them through that and be a part of that world. You know, because like the rain representing what's bad happening in her life.
0: But this other person has an An ocean, ocean. which is another body or style of water. And that's like, like
1: way more water. Like, Yeah. She wants to dive into that and like talk like lovers do because that's how lovers dive into each other's ocean and, and you know go through the baggage and stuff and she like wants to do that because of the rain in, in her life. She wants to relate with someone. And, yeah.
0: This song is just really good. Like yeah. poetically it's really solid. The mechanics of this song are a great primer of what Eurythmics does and does well mm-hmm. because a lot of the songs on this album start off with Annie Lennox doing her own solo voice work completely unmodulated and does that for at least the first hook or the first verse or something like that. Yeah. And then she starts to play around with it. They do yeah. modulation of voices. They do a ton of self harmonies. Yeah. Andy I love Lennox the is, harmonies. They're on this so good.
1: When I'm singing along with this in my car or whatever, I'll often sing the, the like the heart, like the harmony part instead of the main part. Cause that's like so fun. And like, I, I love it. And I wish like I had like two people in the car singing it so we could sing in harmony with, with each other. Cause that's like so much fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And they all sound really good. The other thing that this song starts off well is acoustic instruments with electronic beats. Yeah. And they they yeah. go back and forth on this. There's a ton of sense in this synthetic instruments, but the first one starts off with a lot of acoustic strings. Uh-huh. there's like a, a string set up there and then the beat is almost entirely electronic yeah synth.
1: drum machine and synth yeah yeah synth bass yes which synth bass. i love the sound of that 80s synth bass it's like mm. it's like the same that like everyone uses but maybe slightly different yeah but it just sounds awesome there's like, i need to figure out how to replicate that in fl studio for my own needs
0: <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah there's like, a ton of and then there's also like an acoustic or not an acoustic an electric one but it's a slap bass yeah yeah you get that really super 80s slappy bass kind of sound yeah not as much on this track but later on in the album and it's it's so so good (laughs) yeah
1: yeah i love that like seinfeld theme yes yeah i always (laughs) think that Uh, yeah here comes the rain again is definitely one of the really good of all these many really good songs
0: at super strong start which is nice yes next up we have regrets this is groovy It's so groovy. I dig it. But that fucking synth car horn? Oh, yeah. The... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my (laughs) God. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) I thought it was fun. Like, I thought that was really fun. I think
0: it's fun. I think it's it's okay, but, like, it takes a lot of the replay value from it for me. Because, like, there's a lot of parts of the song that I like, and then that comes in. (laughs) There's a
1: lot of vocalization, too, that's kind of in a similar vein. Like, you know, like... Like the after like
2: regrets
1: yeah you know like
0: <laughs> yeah oh my god
1: <laughs> you know like she does like that a lot yeah 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 so it's, like it's kind of like a really goofy song and this is what really threw me for a loop on this album because this track and the next track right after here comes the rain again makes me think wait who is the is who is the what artist? am I getting into <laughs> what kind of like. Because I thought it was all going to sound like that melancholy synth pop, like synth pop thing. But it's totally not. Like, this is completely different. Like, this is a weird... This is an experiment. Yeah. But like I think Regrets is a really good song. So I just remembered the lyrics by, by my own. Just reached into my memory banks and figured out what the <laughs> lyrics were. And I'm not just looking at them right now. But, it, but it, uh, she says, I've got a delicate mind. I've got a dangerous nature. And my fist collides with your furniture. And yeah, she, she says that a lot. So she's like... That line keeps coming back. She's like talking about like how she's like volatile and like don't piss me off. But the song is about regrets. So yeah. like she fucked up and got mad and ruined something, you know? Yeah. Like that's like a really real thing. She, she says like don't come near me. I've got a singular style, you know? She's talking about how she's basically bad. Like yeah. she's bad to be with She because she's volatile. She's emotional. She's like admitting this and working this out in this song. Through this, like, funky, like, weird jam, which is really weird and appropriate, somehow. A delicate mind and a dangerous nature is, like, what she's all about in this song.
0: Yeah. I think that works really well. I also yeah. keep coming back to, now that you've said it, uh-huh. that my fist collides with your furniture. I love that.
1: That's a really good I thing. punched her couch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like, it, it it sounds kind of silly, but also, I have That's a thing
1: that happens. Right, and I have
0: this vivid memory of in college I got frustrated with something that kept happening so there are these like dinky little chairs that we had in our apartment and man. I just I am a weak man let's be <laughs> clear here this wasn't any sort of actual dangerous act Yeah. but I slammed my fist into one of those chairs and knocked it the fuck over wow and like
1: but that felt good
0: yeah it felt great <laughs>
1: I guess I guess you've got a a delicate mind mind. and a dangerous nature. (laughs) I did
0: right then and there, and like I immediately like that happened, and then I like froze for a second, and I put my arm down. Yeah, I I picked up the fucking chair and like set it back up. But then I went upstairs. Like (laughs) it's a very solid release of physical tension. It is. It is. Yeah, and that that's really cool because normally that's the kind of thing that would be put into symbolism or like I don't know, abstracted a bit. But I punched your fucking furniture is really strong imagery
1: exactly she's like i got mad and there's now regrets yeah (laughs) you know and by regrets
0: i mean i punched a hole in your couch
1: it's such a straightforward song but then there's also like really cool lines like i like uh shit i put the lyrics away but 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 there's like cool lines in this song like listen to it it's great like every line i'm like oh yes yeah (laughs) yeah
0: the vocals are very strong and the vocals are always very strong and if i have any complaints with the electronics of it it's mostly personal stuff yeah like you can totally get through this it's not harsh it's just for me it was just like oh god
1: yeah you could make an argument for this album being technologically dated like some of the mixing is seems a little off and some of the synths sound cheap by today's standards but back then this was like state of the art this is what music sounded like and and i still love i still fucking dig this aesthetic i there's no complaint from me And I can get why some people would have that.
0: Yeah, and I also don't think that any of these are poor choices. I don't think there's any electronic part of this album that is thrown in just because. Yeah, Like, just because you can. Like, there's an echoey effect on the vocals in this song. It's a little bit more distant. But that doesn't just sound like, hey, we had a filter and we wanted to try it out. Mm -hmm. It's trying to create distance from her because that's the entire point of the song.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's
0: really subtle, but you notice it compared to some of the cleaner vocals that are on the album, and uh-huh. it works to great effect. It's like a, it's like an angle, like in cinematography. You know? Yeah. It's like so subtle,
1: but it has meaning, you know? Exactly. So then we gotta talk about the sore thumb of the album sticking out right by your side, which is really interesting. Tell, tell me about this song, Jake. This song is Calypso. Yeah, it's straight up like that's the what they're doing here.
0: Like there's steel drums and marimba yeah yeah and it's
1: actually a steel drum synth too which sounds really good like they made it really work
0: yeah it doesn't sound like fake tropical it just sounds like you're there
1: yeah yeah like
0: that's fine but it is super weird after getting these two really personal it's it hurts wild. songs.
1: It's it's well it's so wild, especially considering how regrets is also musically like this kind of eccentric weird thing. Right. And, and it's these two in a row after the first track, and you're like, is the rest of the album this? <laughs> and, and it's like it could fucking be, but
0: are all of these songs this weird? <laughs> and are they all in like new directions of weird? Am yeah. I gonna find new axes of weird for every song and, on this album?
1: And to some extent that is the case. <laughs> but it does look back to that original, like that melancholy, like rhythmic style, like that the iconic style and i really appreciate that because it does go back to the basics on some tracks like who's that girl and stuff but um like most of the songs on here are, will have these weird turns and right by your side i had no idea what to think of this the first time i heard it <laughs> but now it's super fun and i sing along to it in my car like a fucking disney sing-along you know
0: it does have that like <laughs> disney quality to it where it's, yeah. it's got these really fun vocal sequences Uh that are they're super poppy and they're really fun to sing along to but then in contrast
1: with the lyrics right the (laughs) lyrics
0: are super heavy in some place the the title drop of the song right by your side is and when depression starts to win i want to to be be... right by your side yeah and it's like i'm sorry where are we right now (laughs) what's going on
1: yeah like this is a song about dependency yeah right in a relationship and it's it's such a weird contrast to the like i know like putting melancholy lyrics on an upbeat instrumental is nothing new but this is done in such a way where it's like it's so so in your face about it and it's and you're like oh uh, uh, okay it's like disorientating yeah disorienting <laughs> it depends on if you're <laughs> british or not I, i'm equal opportunity grammar here
0: oh yeah <laughs> Put as many u's as you want next to the vowels in that one. You're good. Exactly. Yeah, right by your side. I really, really dig it because I agree that it is kind of about dependency, but like there are parts of it that you can pick out that it's it's almost like the the healthier version of it in some ways. It is.
1: It's not in a, in, it's not so, such a problem here. Right. I
0: think. It's not a condition. It's just I depend on you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which could grow into something worse, but in, right, in this right. case, it is like. About her depression and needing someone to be there for her.
0: Yeah. So, And that's what's really nice. Right. And that's, I, I mean, that when you have depression and you can have those kinds of people, then that's something to celebrate, which matches the tone of the music perfectly fine.
1: Yeah. But, like, there are, like, bits where you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. is the thing.
0: Also, this is where we get our first album title drop, we yeah. think. Because there's a line in it that's, no one seems to touch me in the way that you do. Right. And the album is called Touch. So we were like, oh, hey, that's kind of cute that they worked in there. Yes. There's it, an- another... it
1: come up later. <laughs> yeah.
0: Keep that in mind.
1: Yeah. So we got track four, Cool Blue. Like, this is the first, like, really, like, danceable, like, really funky tune. Like,
0: this is the dancinest tune so far yeah. on the album.
1: Like, this is really hard. Like, even if you're sitting down, you'll move around in your seat and wiggle and, and You just and can't shape. stop. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. I'm not sure exactly what it's about. And the lyrics here are pretty minimal. Yeah. um, She's saying, like, cool blue, like, the color suits you. And, like, how can I stay this way forever? It's, like, a little bit more abstract. Yeah. And then when it gets to the ver- the chorus, it goes more direct. Um, how
0: can I forget, forget
1: you? you? I'm can never gonna give you, you r- up. R- oh, so up. It's so fun. It's so fucking baby? fun. Yeah. And then, and then she repeats the... I don't know if it was intentional, but like she does like the, here it comes again, here it comes again, here it comes again, here it comes again. oh, whoa, whoa, It's such a great build. And, and it was like, it gave me this weird deja vu moment because she says, here it comes again. And here comes the rain again as a vocalization. Yeah. Like, as an ad lib, I guess. And I was like, wait, didn't she already do? But it's totally different in this context. Oh, and this is <laughs> this is a song with one of my favorite standout, like, weirdo, eccentric moments.
0: Oh, yeah, the best use of voice modulation, I think, on the <laughs> album.
1: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, shall we?
0: Oh, let's. <laughs> How, How could she fall for, for a boy like, like that? that? How could she fall for a boy
1: like that?
0: How could she fall for a boy
1: like that? How could she fall for a boy like
0: that? that? And then it just
1: crashes. (laughs) Yeah, it drops the beat and it's like, holy shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have sort of an arc of the album right now. We have Here Comes the Rain Again, where this is the melancholy. This is where we're starting at. This is kind of what Eurythmics' deal is. Yeah regrets is more about the lyrical cut co- it's a lot more about hey listen the fuck to me while i'm talking to you yeah right by your side is but it's okay everything's gonna be okay and then cool blue is we are here to party i don't care how sad we are
1: <laughs> we on- are going to dance we're on the venga bus right now the venga bus <laughs> is on the way as we speak
0: yes <laughs> You are going to dance, and you are going to fucking like it.
1: <laughs> when are we reviewing Venga Boys?
0: <laughs> what that depends. When's the next penalty game? Exactly, right? right.
1: Not this time, because now this time we know. We
0: have we have a we have a byline that'll work. Oh. So so cool. Blue is very fun and very dancey, and a little bit industrial with the beat. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd say so. And it just kind of exists in its own space, and it's really fun. And then we got
1: "Who's That Girl," which is one of the other big singles, along with "Here Comes the Rain Again." I guess those are the two big singles. Yep. And um, "Who's That Girl" definitely goes back to that typical. I mean, there's no, there's nothing typical about the Eurythmics, really, but it goes <laughs> yeah. back to that typical Eurythmics style that you imagine, that you associate with the Eurythmics, and it's it's even more sad than "Here Comes the Rain Again" because it's yeah. basically about jealousy. Um, annie is seeing either someone she has a crush on like someone she used to be lovers with or something like that or is maybe her current lover and this is like a cheating situation or something i don't know yeah it doesn't really matter but the point is who's that girl running around with you yep tell me right mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like a it's a big problem for her and it's like she's trying to deal with this you know, and, and she knows it's her problem. And the, the music in this is really good too. Um it has good guitar work and good synths. Yeah, the
0: guitar just kinda comes out of nowhere after a certain part and just like shreds yeah. and I'm yeah, totally yeah, yeah. down it's with so
1: it. So sick. And and this song also gets heavy like instrumentally. Yeah. Uh like in the in the chorus, it's you know, there's just one thing. Yeah. <laughs> And there's
0: just one thing, you know? I so when I was writing my notes for this, I <laughs> likened a lot of the instrumental stuff to like a movie trailer almost. Okay. There's like sort of this atmospheric thing and then it gets this build and suddenly there's like yeah. this pulse, you're moving from scene to scene, like you're you're cutting quick and you're getting snapshots of this yeah all through the music which is really cool oh yeah and so i was like this feels like a movie trailer yeah like where they're setting up these things and they're showing you bits and pieces of it
1: and i really like how the chorus the like the just one thing you know that chorus like builds up the tension and then it drops back down to the verse of like who's that yeah you know because like the chorus is like a rising and falling action yeah
0: the chorus is super heavy and it's like Hey, what's going on? And then when it gets to who's that girl, it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not really mad. I just want to know. Yeah, yeah, know. exactly. Like, just, just give me, give me some sort of lifeline she, for she this. She needs
1: this, you know.
0: Because Annie Lennox is an angry, angry woman. Yeah. For very, very good <laughs> reasons, as far as I can tell. But it makes that that much more impactful when she gets to who's that girl, and it's just soul. It's yeah, It's yeah. not, it's not yelling, it's just, please give me something. and, and, and
1: can we? You you mentioned that Annie Lennox is an angry girl, like she's a punk. Like, yeah. Like in aesthetic, because a lot the totally. thing about New Wave is it basically evolved from punk and post-punk and became this thing, um, which is really interesting. Because like a lot of these bands were originally punk bands. Yep. Um, or had played in them. But um, can we just talk about like Annie's style?
0: yeah like, okay we have to because
1: she's amazing
0: just go for starters <laughs> just to start go look up the album cover for touch yes it's brilliant because it's just like her from shoulders up with this visor and this super short cropped bright orange hair yeah
1: and she's doing like a jojo pose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally, like... like straight up this this would literally if you could replace annie here with david bowie and it would be a bowie album cover yeah right like... i mean yeah that's kind of what they're going for, I feel, and it also has, like, it. they deserve to be able to do that. It's not like they're ripping mm. it off, they have the stuff to back it up.
0: Yeah, know? it's totally her own thing, and she's yeah. also, in general, just sort of androgynous, very post-punk kind she's of style. Extremely
1: androgynous, like, she's always, in music videos and performances, she always wears, like, suits, Yeah, like, um, she dresses very masculine. And that's why on her Wikipedia article will tell you uh, (laughs) she's considered a a gay icon, which basically means the gay and LGBT communities idolize her because of her, like, her presentation and, like, her eccentricity and stuff. And the
0: unapologetic style that she carries that that they can identify with. And it
1: doesn't mean that she's gay because she's not. She, I mean, all these songs are pretty much directed towards men. Yeah. It's implied. Maybe not necessarily if they don't specify. I I don't
0: think they... Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that they. Oh well, specify gender. I think she's had primarily male relationships. Just, I'm
1: trying to think of like lyrics and think about pronouns.
0: In the I lyrics. don't think they drop too many pronouns. They say, "Who's that girl running around oh, with you?" But shit. that's revelation right. hour here, right, here on we... album club 500 that's yeah. pretty solid no,
1: this album is super gay <laughs> um, that's
0: my head canon though uh, I might, I
1: might, it might turn out to be totally wrong and like she might be saying like talking about men but i don't well, remember I think
0: either way if you're crafting the song and you intentionally leave out pronouns yeah like there's then a anyone way one
1: can relate to it yeah in that
0: way. Nothing on this album isn't a choice. Right. We we made that clear with the instrumentation. I think lyrically we can also infer that if something's left out, there's a reason that it's left out.
1: Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so that's basically why I, I fucking love Annie Lennox and everything she stands for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after "Who's That Girl," we have the first cut, which this song I really love because it sounds like Devo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe intentionally, maybe not. Like maybe either way, it's not a ripoff. It's definitely Eurythmics doing this style.
0: All right, so let's riff on that. What are the similarities?
1: It has like these synth leads, like these riffs that are really syncopated and like uh they go up and down. Like the the main lead of this song goes it's the synth going. Yeah. And that's like the most <laughs> Devo fucking thing I've ever heard, but right, right. they work it and and then there's, like, the guitar that's, like, kind of a... Uh, it's a clean guitar that's playing, like, very syncopated, like, staccato stuff. Like, you know, like the... Yeah. And that that's pretty Devo. I mean, I'm saying this is, like, Devo, but it's also their... It's to- it's totally their they're own. They're doing it. They're making it their own. They and, own it, yeah. And it's, it's one of my favorite songs, so obviously I like it.
0: Yep. <laughs> this one also goes nuts with Voice Mod, I think.
1: I don't quite remember.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... Catch my vibe because it didn't hook me as much because it was a little bit more the the weirder side of new age the, yeah. the more new wave <laughs> oh, not new age <laughs> new Jesus. age is like Enya <laughs> that's right yeah yeah it is a little bit more the weirder side of new wave yeah and it's a, it's more electronic and synth focused and that doesn't hook me as much as some of the other right, stuff right sure that's fine. Um, but like but for
1: me, like that's my jam. Right. Know.
0: <laughs> so this, this one didn't stick with me as much, but that's my, that's my fault. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like as a piece, it really worked itself. It tried a lot of stuff. I described this, I guess dismissively in my notes as like a layering vehicle. Like it's really yeah. like, it, it starts off with its sort of simple stuff and then adds more and more electronic and layered stuff and then cuts those back off near the end. And it's like, that's fine. That's yeah. a great
1: piece. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I really love this song. And I don't even have that much to say about it because, like, it's just good for me. And yeah. it might not be that good for other people who yeah. have different tastes. But So then we got Aqua, which is, like, a super standout for me. Not even because it's, like, super good musically, which it's good. But it's not, like, super, like, it doesn't stand out that much musically. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the lyrics here oh and the my vocal God. delivery.
0: I love it. Okay, so before we get into the, the biggest one, yeah. I want to mention that there are just moments where Annie Lennox like, makes a bubbling sound with her mouth.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's as, up with that. but the,
0: it's, it's just like little <laughs> instrumentation where it's like...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm down, sure. It's like, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so
0: good. There's, that, the samples for that are so wild because they get yeah. twisted as you go because that's how they do. Don't get it twisted. And now... <laughs> We got to talk about the actual title drop on the album. We mentioned that there was kind of one in Right By Your Side,
1: but... We think this is why the album's called Touch here on this song. (laughs) So, like, the and it starts out right away. The first lyric of the song is, Don't touch me. Don't talk to me about it. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me ever again. <laughs> yeah! Oh my God! It's the vocal delivery is so perfect, and and the backup vocals that she's also doing are like yeah, yeah, you know. Oh my God! And she's like, "Don't touch me!
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's Don't so... touch me!" Ever again. It's so good. And it's like impossible to put into words because yeah. it's just the way that she does it.
1: Yeah. And like, it's so relatable because we've all had a don't touch me, don't talk to me ever again moment with someone.
0: Right. <laughs> like this is completely abstracted. But as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, <laughs> don't you do it. So this, Get away.
1: And this is I, I really love the sort of duality of this album where there's like any working through her feelings and like her, her like more tender emotions with her like, relationships and things. And then there's pissed off Annie. Yeah. Like, she's gonna wreck your shit if you don't, sh- 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 like, sit the fuck down. Like right. <laughs> like, there's
0: there's a lot of it where I need to come to this on my own terms. But there's also a lot of ownership of, hey, you don't get to decide my fucking terms. Exactly. Yeah. And that's awesome. She, that's so cool. She's,
1: like, in control here. Like, it, like, this song is, like, the epitome of that Annie. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's not even a whole lot to the lyrics beside this. And, like, there, there's other stuff, too. But, like, that's what... It Sticks in my mind, and whenever when I'm singing this song, this is what I'm singing. You yeah. know? And the instrumental has some like sweet guitar work, you know, like the and the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like this shit starts layering on this song too, and looping and stuff. Yep. And yep. It's it's so it's good, good, and all
0: of these songs have really good buildup. So at the very least, you can sit through an entire song. It's something that we didn't mention: most of these songs hover around five minutes. Yeah. Like, like a few seconds four to five. under five minutes for most of them. Yeah. Four and a half to five. Somewhere and the, above. The one exclusion for that is like seven minutes long. Yeah. So that's that's that.
1: And that's the last track so I'm done with that. Right.
0: I mean I would be either way. I love long ass songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and usually I'd say that sounds like a long time for a song to go on. But the thing about Eurythmics and the way that they succeed with this is that it's never the same thing mm-hmm. for five minutes. Yeah. It's the same thing for one minute. Mm-hmm. Like it's got an intro and a build up. And then you have... This is what the song starts as, and then there's more layering, there's more buildups, there's more. Hey, we're not done with this song. Uh-huh. You haven't heard what this song is yet. Yeah. And then by the four minute mark, they're like, "Okay, now you've gotten it, and we can start <laughs> peeling it back." So it never feels like you're listening to a five minute long song. It listen. It, it feels like you're listening to like a two and a half minute song that like builds itself up and layers like another song on top of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I also just had, like, a post-listening, like, realization right now um, about a theme of the album, which seems to be uh, water. Yeah. Because you got... Here comes the rain again, where the rain and the ocean are clearly symbolizing emotional baggage and turmoil. Mm -hmm. And then then there's cool blue, which I think might be a similar thing, but Uh, I'm not sure. I think you're right. Right? And now we have aqua, which, like, I don't think they say aqua in the song, but I think they titled it this because of that, and, like, that's the meaning of it.
0: Right, and they make, like, bubbling noise, like, to inspire water. Yeah. So there is, like, a water theme that's running through this.
1: Yeah, and, like, that's really cool, like... I would be interested to look more into this and see if there's any other examples. Like, I can't remember any, but I mean, water represents something here. You know, this song where she's being angry and and pissed off and done with someone's shit, you know.
0: It's still surrounded by the same water themes that were more distanced or, like, trying to close that gap. Right. So it's interesting that that's paralleled with three songs that go from trying to close that gap to being okay with that gap to enforcing that gap.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. There's, like, a lot to this album to dig into, like, under the surface, because it does sound like maybe it might be a pop record that might not have a lot to say, but if you think that, then you didn't really listen hard enough. Like, Yeah. And I feel like the same thing might be true of Sweet Dreams, I haven't heard that album and I'm really interested to now.
0: Yeah, like, now, now I'm suddenly invested, because Sweet Dreams Are Made of This is a good song, but also kind it's of feels... Awesome. <laughs> it, it feels... At least at first blush that it's it's still a little bit more like...
1: Commercial? Yeah. Or
0: it, it's 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 not... It doesn't have those hidden depths as much. But now knowing... But it might. Right. <laughs> now now knowing the out. craftsmanship that is in a Eurythmics album, it totally could. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the context of the rest of the songs.
1: Yeah, like it would be definitely worth finding out.
0: Yeah. So next up we have
1: no fear, no hate, no pain, no broken hearts. Man, I can't believe we pulled that off like (laughs) spontaneously just now. We're really really
0: very good, aren't we? (laughs)
1: We're very good.
0: (laughs) So. Trying this song back to the album just for a second before we get into what it really is. This album has a lot of really fucking great hooks. It does. Like, there's just a lot of things that you're really happy about just shouting when you're (laughs) listening. And that's great. So this one, no fear, no hate, no pain, no broken hearts, which is a mouthful to say, (laughs) is just really great voice work. Some of the best voice work on the album.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of emotional sincerity in the lyrics, as there always is, but like, here I really feel it, and like it gets intense too. Yeah. Like with the yeah. higher notes, and and the beat is really like minimal here actually, because it's like, brum, 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 yeah. Brum, you yeah. know, like it's that kind of beat. I didn't get the chords right or anything, but. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> well, I'm...
0: yeah. This is another one that I wrote down. That's like get your rhythmics to write a freaking movie score. Yeah. <laughs> because there's so like there's this rising tension that's just inherent in the music yeah. that would like I get a visual picture in my head just hearing it.
1: And and this. Uh, just because I want to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen, the synth hook in this song really reminds me of a Carly Rae Jepsen song called The One, so check that out and compare. Nice. (laughs) It's it's awesome. She was definitely influenced by this, like you can tell. Oh yeah. She loves the 80s, but that's way besides the point. (laughs) There's, <laughs> which seems to be like my catchphrase on this fucking show at this point
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fine
1: <laughs> but that's way besides the point life's,
0: even. life's no good without tangents <laughs> IMO right lyrically this song gets a little bit weird because
1: yeah it's not there's... the most straightforward one
0: yeah well it's funny because there are lines on there that I say well that's a bit on the nose isn't there like they, mm. she'd call something the killing gun yeah then your hand and it's like well certainly not paintball gun. <laughs> like <laughs> that's a bit on the nose now, isn't it, Annie? Then again, calling attention to the fact that a gun is a killing instrument is also something that in the eighties and in modern society is kind of forgotten. Yeah, I gotta
1: wonder like if this like if this song got like radio play, they might have had to censor the word gun because that was a mm. thing for a while. And I didn't I realize think it that. still might be. Yeah, like you ever listen to the song Santeria by Sublime? The radio edit. No, they can't say uh, pop a cap. They can't say forty five. They can't wow. say barrel. They, they can't, can't say barrel. Yeah, they censor the word barrel out because this. I mean, it was right after Columbine, I think. Okay, and yeah. And so, like, they had to basically get, wash away any references to a firearm. Wow, which makes the song really fucking weird and strange. <laughs> and, oh, the the really weird one is they can't they censor out the word slap.
0: I'm sorry, slap. <laughs> yeah, as that, in like. Just to slap a person?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense with the context of the line. It's, uh, I slap her down, which is like, okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's, Get rid of that, that, that is bad. Get that's that admittedly bad. Sublime's not good. <laughs> no offense to anyone who likes Sublime. I used to really love Sublime. But anyway, that's way besides the point.
0: <laughs> One last way besides the point. I love the fact that you pronounce Sublime as though it's below Lime. As opposed to, like, really good.
1: Well, that's that's how I'd always, like, I only say the name of the band like that, but I say sublime as in, like, I just need to to differentiate the word from the band. That's fine, I get that. But
0: also, I love the fact that I'm thinking of, like, a sub-basement, except it's below a (laughs) lime. It's a sublime. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Alright. Yep. This song's really good. There's not a whole lot I have to say about it, though.
1: It's an experience that you just need to hear. Yeah, honestly.
0: it's really surround. It's, it's one of those types of songs that you can sort of let wind around you, and then you, yeah. you feel tenser as you're listening to it, but like an experience. It's a, a, a really way. tense song. <laughs> it's, it, it is super intense.
1: And then we got our last
0: track Paint a Room, huh? I was not This is the one that I feel most feels like the police, and I mostly yeah. say that because I've heard a way more police than I have Eurythmics. Right. But it's got that sort of call and response in the vocals and their harmonies. It is
1: very call and response, yeah.
0: Which feels more like how Sting uses his self-harmonies in a lot of those songs. And it's at contrast to most of how Annie uses her harmonies, because they are, she does the melody and then does the melody again, but the harmonies are layered on top. Right. And it's less of the call and response that you get on this one.
1: Yeah, and the song just really ties the album together really well, I think. It's a Good closer. Yeah. We've talked about good closers before. This is one of them. Very good closer. <laughs> yeah. it's. I actually don't have much to say about this one, so share your thoughts.
0: Uh, I think that the bass swells really well on this one. I think the bass gets to shine on this one, as well yeah. as the horns. The horns on this album, I go back and forth on. Yeah. Because there's sometimes where they're just kind of used, and sometimes where it's like, this is very clearly a synth horn.
1: Yeah, they are synth horns. Yep. Synth
0: trumpets and synth horns of other types are hard to get right. Mm -hmm. And I know this because while I was working on a game for one of my college classes, the music person on the team lamented the fact that there's, like, barely any good synth horns that are out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's really
0: tough to get good ones. Yeah. But this track makes the best use of synth horns on the album, in my opinion. There are other tracks where they're just sort of wimpy, they're sort of lame. Yeah. And then this one... Really sells it. It gives them a little bit more room.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's that whole like technological like datedness yeah. of this album right now. Um, yeah,
0: you can probably like you you know how you cut a tree and you can count its age by the rings. <laughs> yeah, the horns are that for <laughs> exactly, this
1: album. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I think I think "Paint a Rumor" works really well, and this is the song that feels. I don't know how to describe the difference that I feel between the term synth and the term electronic. Sure. But this song feels more electronic... Like, the most electronic on the album versus synth that the rest of the tracks have.
1: Okay, yeah. I kind of get that. Yeah. Also, this song is seven and a half minutes long.
0: Yes, (laughs) and it's good, and this also has... I've been saying the layering for every single song on this album, but this has the most layering and also gives the most time to cut it away at the end. Yeah, Most songs just sort of trim it down a little bit and then have their fade out. This one has further iterations of the main beat and some of the bass stuff and pe- like gives a full minute to peel away some of the other instruments before it leaves you. Right. It has yeah. a really good wind down time at the end.
1: Yep. Yeah, this song definitely breathes really yeah. well and that makes it a great closer. It's, it's, yeah. it's closure and, and, it- relieves the tension in a way and there's not nearly as much emotional baggage on this song it's more of a like a breather you know yeah
0: (laughs) it's very much it's a release of tension which is what you need after an album like this yeah (laughs) so final thoughts on touch by Eurythmics
1: I had I had an expectation and it kind of blew it out of the water yeah a really good way and like it totally agree (laughs) and it, it also like met the expectation with certain tracks and then with the rest of them was something I could never have foreseen
0: yeah there's some stuff that i couldn't if you had asked me hey is this by your in i could have told you i have no idea who that is
1: yeah exactly i have
0: no idea what this is or why you're showing it <laughs>
1: if be. you heard right by my side you're like which disney soundtrack is this?" From?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously and now it's like wow i want to find way more of this yeah yeah because they only have six or seven albums i Think
1: Something like that.
0: They, their last album came out in, like, 99. So you could totally just binge their discography Yeah, in, it, like, a weekend.
1: It'd be really interesting.
0: <laughs> definitely recommend the album, and I know that we're going to dig into more of Eurythmics stuff later on.
1: And more New Wave. Yeah. And then a lot of the things we said will make more sense when we get to those. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah. I don't know if there's another Eurythmics album on the list. There's not. Oh, that's uh,
1: I know. <laughs> well,
0: maybe we'll get it in some bonus episode or something, because I definitely want to sure. talk about more of this, because there's... It's rare to be surprised by an artist that has something as dense as the work that's distributed on this album. Yes. I can be surprised by an artist. I can be pleasantly surprised by an artist. Very rarely do I have the case where I don't expect a whole lot of depth and then just find...
1: An ocean. An ocean
0: <laughs> of depth yeah. that I want to dive into.
1: Yeah, exactly. There you go. Tying it back into... Boom. Wrap that first back time. around. Damn.
0: Life is a circle.
1: All right. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll be reviewing Albert King's Born Under a Bad Sign. Stay tuned.
0: back to album club 500 we are now onto the second album of today's episode born under a bad sign by albert king
1: yeah and this is actually the first time we've listened to an album together in person before (laughs) (laughs) like directly before recording the review yeah not because we didn't know it but
0: yeah, I had listened to it before, but it hadn't stuck as much with me. So to do my second edit, I'm gonna take the fall here. Just go ahead and, and uh, take yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do my notes for it, so we listened to it again <laughs> together because we're in the same physical exactly. space exactly. right now.
1: And I also didn't take notes because I've been busy at MacFest, which is why I'm here in Jake's house. Yay! <laughs> so, so we're doing it. Uh, it was actually really fun listening to it. Yeah, because we were jamming we, out. Like, yeah, and like live commentary and shit, and like so good. Also, my voice is destroyed, and that's because <laughs> of MacFest as well. If you're wondering, <laughs> actually, before
0: we get too far into this review, I want to say that at some point, I wanna like get the means to do like live album listens. Yeah, well, that's a thing you can
1: synchronize. I mean, we could either just simply do it practically by just starting at the same time. Yeah, right, yeah. and just talking about it while we do it, or there's actual apps on the web that you
0: can do that for you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, room. like get because i love the idea of getting a bunch of people together and just like listening like really listening to an album so I i'd love to do, do like a yeah. live stream or something That'd but be since cool. we're now in the like if i were doing this in public that's a little bit tough to salvage mm-hmm. but if i if we were doing it cuz we used to listen to albums we did, like, radio stuff.
1: Yeah, we like, did. We impromptu did Impromptu radio uh, yeah. stuff. On that, like, weird Japanese, like, MMO that, like, three people played.
0: Yes. Someone else led us to that, and we just played and, songs over there. Because it radio. had, like,
1: a it had like a broadcast feature that you could do, and it's just, like, this weird, like, hangout game where you're, like, these weird emoji cats. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. It was so well, so fun. And
0: because literally nobody knows about that, it was totally yeah. safe to do. The, but now it's, like, we can't just make a radio station and play a uh, full album.
1: We can. It's called Go Back to That Website, because still... <laughs> (laughs) still there and no one plays it and i could track it down
0: i know i I mean like inviting friends and fans they can
1: get in they can get on on the server (laughs) in this weird japanese cat emoji game and do that
0: all right dude we'll do it it'll happen (laughs) it's not gonna
1: happen okay well maybe maybe we'll see
0: born under a bad side by albert king i have totally dislodged this yeah Albert King is another one of the three kings of blues guitar, alongside B.B. King, who we mentioned in our first ever episode of Album Club 500. Yeah, and Freddie King, who we don't know anything about yet. Yep. (laughs) Is he on our list? I don't think so. No, he's not, right? Uh, That's unfortunate. It's just weird. We'll have to check him out on our own time. But But Albert (laughs) King is so different from B.B. King in a lot of ways.
1: Different from the typical... Blues man, even.
0: Which is remarkable because he's so iconic as a blues man. There's a lot of qualities that you can pick out as, yes, this is typical blues guitar stuff. There's some stuff that you just have to do when you're playing a blues song or when you're playing blues guitar. But the choices that are made in songwriting, song organizing, and in his vocal style are not typical of a blues player.
1: And, and even in his, like, something as subtle as his, like, soloing and his little riffing, mm-hmm. there's, like, eccentricities in there. Like, his bends and, like, his, like, patterns are so, like, strange, like, subtly, you know? Yeah. And what's interesting is he plays a fucking Flying V guitar. <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome.
0: That's so cool. As, like,
1: a 60s blues guitarist, like, you expect, like, a Les Paul or some traditional-looking guitar, but he played a fucking Flying V. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it's the Flying V, like if that's the name of a specific model, but he played a V-shaped guitar at the very yeah. least. <laughs> he, he's technically and extremely proficient and he tends to not really like show off all that much. But there are t- two tracks on here that we noticed that do show off like a lot of his technical skill, mm-hmm. um, which are really cool. But for the most part, it's really just tasteful and just kind of like subtly weird and cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this album has a lot of things that feel like blues standards from a distance, and then you get up close and they're very, very personal for one reason or another.
1: Yeah, especially the ones that he wrote himself. Because this album is very heavily either ghostwritten or covers of standard songs. But there are two songs that he wrote himself, and I feel like the... The ghostwriting element is, like, some of them are Booker T. Jones, who was working very closely with Albert, you know, recording this album with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we should say.
0: (laughs) Yes, Booker T. Jones and his backing band, including Carl Wells, Steve Cropper, Donald Duck Dunn, and Al Jackson Jr.
1: Yeah, which I'm pretty sure comprises... The MGs, or, you know, the core members of the MGs.
0: They were all involved in the production and recording of this album. So, you get a lot of influence from them as well. And it shines. It's yes. so, so good. And all of the instrumental work on this album is fantastic.
1: Yeah, and credit to uh, the producer of this album, Jim Stewart. Yes, who, thank uh, you
0: for reminding me of that. Sh- shares a last name with uh, the member of the Eurythmics. David Stewart. Exactly. So that's our connection between the two albums. Please they, don't have us inflict the they, penalty game on ourselves again.
1: It could be related. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, one's British and one's probably American, considering he's working on this yeah. American blues album from the 60s. <laughs> but anyway, about the music. <laughs> yes. That's, it's fine. It's enough. It's also... Enough. Both titles have an O as the second letter, and I a U as the God. second vowel, in the name of the- <laughs> We were so close! Nope. We had
0: a perfectly serviceable explanation, that and was... then you show up! You show up and I've been happen. here all along. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. Let's get into the actual album itself, because yes. this one isn't really as much of a cohesive work. It's a, it, it is more of a collection of songs, mm-hmm. but... Each of the songs has so many standout moments in and of itself. So we'll start off with the title track. First track on the album, Born Under a Bad Sign.
1: Which you suddenly just realized when I pointed out that this is a song that Cream covered. Yeah! Like, a year later and became very famous for. Oh my god! Uh, Not that they became famous for this song, but this song became famous. Yeah.
0: For them. (laughs) Like, I had no... I realized that Born Under a Bad Sign sounded familiar, but I had no idea why. And then yeah. you mentioned, oh yeah, Cream covered it. And I was like, yeah. I have heard this song before.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this song, even before Cream did it, was a like a crossover rock hit, you know, because you don't really have your blue stations and your rock stations. This one was on both because it is a pretty jamming tune. It's got your, you know, your driving beat and like cool riffs. Like they sound like rock riffs pretty much. And
0: Yeah, this song you know, starts off and guitar. out the gate. Just firing on all cylinders.
1: Yeah. And
0: like the first thing that I notice about uh, Albert King's style is that he is way groovier than B.B. King.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He has less soul influence, I feel, and more just like swanky, like just groovy blues blues
0: rock. Yeah, his style, the very first experience that he had with music was actually gospel music. So he he had a family that did a lot of gospel music, and so he learned from that. And so you get a little bit less of the R&B stylings and a little bit more of just serious vocal work. And then for the instrumental stuff, it's a lot more... Groovy and swaggery and swingy.
1: And I do see like gospel influence on some of these songs. Like it's subtle, but it's some of it's there. But yeah, Born Under a Bad Sign is such a good, good song written by Booker T. And it's a really like upbeat, like cool, heavy song. Yeah. And the lyrics are. Just awesome. <laughs> That's so good. You know, he's saying, like, I've been down since I learned to crawl. Like, which is such a funny, like, little pun that just goes, flies right under the radar. Yeah. You know, like, it's basically the song about his complete shit luck, like, in his <laughs> entire life. And he says, like, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. So he's like...
0: That's so you know, good. That's just great writing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing.
0: Oh, and this... <laughs> I almost wish that he didn't start with this because it's probably one of the best songs on the album
1: yeah i'd say so i mean there's other favorites for me but definitely but uh, i think
0: just objectively or wonderful. as objectively as you can get it's pretty pretty close to being one of the best
1: yeah yeah definitely like it's got the beat and the groove and like just awesome lyrics yeah like it's, it's so cool and the instrumental of course is great because mm-hmm. booker t and the mg is like i used to listen to their like instrumental albums like some stuff they did with other artists and like it's cool. Like I discovered them because of the the song "Green Onions." Oh yeah, which, yeah, 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 yeah. "Green Onions" is great. Fucking listen to "Green Onions" <laughs> if you have it.
0: <laughs> that one uh, when I took acoustic guitar class in high school, they actually had me play a much watered down version of "Green Onions." Oh
1: okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, we we played that in jazz band too, and like it was really fun because it was in it such an easy key to solo in because it's like, yeah, and it's it's awesome. Booker T's the shit. this this song's awesome yeah
0: i don't don't have a whole lot more about that one yeah
1: so we got our second track Crosscut saw which is pretty cool but the problem with this one is like the vocals are so quiet they're
0: really really (laughs) quiet for reasons i don't understand
1: like and we say this as the first thing about it because that's the first thing you hear like when you the first thing you notice about the song yeah even although the other first thing you notice which also known as the second thing you notice (laughs) is the the drum beat that's like these like it's like the drummer's like Hitting the sides of the snare as like the main beat, you know, it's like a clicky, like you know, like click, you know, like, yeah. that, like that kind of thing. And it's really weird and cool. And... It's
0: got a super. I almost called it like a Latin beat. Like it's it's got yeah, sort of like a like a dancey sort of. It is
1: dancey. I don't know if it's technically Latin. Yeah. But, I mean, it... like the
0: first thing that I thought of was just like the rhythm of how you'd be like moving to it is is a lot more like a yeah. syncopated salsa kind of. Yeah. Dance.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's it's syncopated for sure. I just know. I just don't know if that rhythmic technique is latin by nature but yeah. it doesn't matter really It sound it gives a similar feeling
0: yeah, yeah. i don't know, i don't know anything about fucking latin music
1: disclaimer <laughs> there so this is one of these songs and there's a few of these where like albert is using these he's like using a metaphor that he is a cross-cut saw and like i the vocals are so quiet i can't even tell the elaboration <laughs> on that but like he's saying i can tell he's saying I'm a gross cut so you know. <laughs>
0: and then... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but,
1: you know, it, the lyrics are probably cool if you look them up, but... Yeah. This this song is just kind of fun. It's the second track, and it's pretty short, so it's just kind of a...
0: Yeah, all the know. tracks on this one are pretty short. They are. They, they try and hover around two and a half to three minutes.
1: Yep, and one is four and a half, and it's the best. <laughs> we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, so. Uh, so next up is Kansas City... Kansas City here I come. Super bouncy, super <laughs> yeah. like it, it feels like he's talking about a much bigger city than Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. Is what you get out of it.
1: And and this is a this is a song by Wilbert Harrison. Not written by him, but originally recorded by Wilbert Harrison in the fifties. Um, most of the covers on this album are from the 50s and 60s but there's two exceptions we'll get to mm-hmm. um, and these these songs so basically these songs are his contemporaries more or less and in Kansas City he's just talking about how he wants or he's he's on his way to Kansas City cuz there they got some crazy little women and he's going to get him one <laughs> and it's like it's like like, like you, that's you just don't want to
0: travel that far dude I
1: pretty much summarized the song right there <laughs> that that's really like, it i may take a plane i may take a train you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: kansas city <laughs> and it's fine because it's still got like a groovy beat it's, and it's, it's fun and it's bouncy it's really fun it's the happiest blues song that i've ever heard like <laughs> yeah he's just he's going on a
1: road trip he's, he's about, gonna have a good time about to have a good time <laughs> and like i don't like i almost don't want to get through this too quick but like that's yeah, kansas city <laughs> yeah see,
0: the, the first half of this album let me say is a lot it's very quick. It's pretty bouncy. It doesn't have a whole lot of depths to it. There are a couple of exceptions. Right. There are a couple of places where it's like, hey, like you can break down the lyrics a little bit more. But for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. And there's not a lot that we can communicate to you about them. And if you just listen to them.
1: Yeah, pretty much like I mean, it's blues, right? <laughs> yeah. But we yeah. can tell you we can tell it just by telling you about the eccentricities and, you know, little idiosyncrasies about it. Right. That's how you pronounce that word properly.
0: (laughs) The stuff that makes this more than just a blues record and what propels it to being a personal album and one of the best records that made it to this frickin' list.
1: Exactly, and why he is one of the kings. Yeah. I bet he's, I mean, we haven't listened to Freddie King, but I bet he is, like, probably the standout of the three as far as, like, weirdness and uniqueness. Not to say that the other two aren't, but...
0: No, I think you're right. They're B. B. archetypical. B. King is a, yeah, BB King's a little bit more of like the standard bearer of blues. Yeah, and then Albert King is like, what if BB King got a little bit weird sometimes? Yeah, yeah. So I have to assume that Freddie King, if if we don't have anything on him on this list, then like he's probably trying some weird stuff.
1: I would hope. I mean that. If, I would hope so. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll look into him on our own time probably. Yeah. Uh, we'll see then we got oh pretty woman
0: (laughs) which is not the song that i keep hearing in my head when i read that title absolutely not it's still good it's probably better than that song in some ways i i kind of think it is i I like it
1: yeah this, this song's fun uh it has this cool little horn riff like yeah yeah that's like the kind of song you could like walk down the street doing like a cool walk, you know. Yeah, there's a, very, there's
0: a very sort of swagger specifically in the horns. And the bass goes really strong on this one too. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, It's such a groove. Yeah, and super groovy. The, the lyrics are pretty much just uh, a woman doesn't love him and he's upset. <laughs> like, Which is
0: to say it is a blues song. <laughs>
1: yeah, but a pretty woman. Oh, that changes
0: everything. oh my god go back back to the drawing board (laughs) just tears up all sorts of song sheets this is (laughs) this is so wrong (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah,
0: it's it's pretty straightforward in terms of lyrical consistency
1: yeah i'd say so it and it's content is the word like it's fun like all these songs are fun yeah definitely (laughs) Like I'm saying, like we're going through this faster than anything else. But
0: I, I think <laughs> the second half of this, when we get to disc two, because this was originally t- a two-sided record.
1: Okay. The well, first, yeah, yeah. the
0: first five to six songs are the the quicker side. Mm-hmm. They're the faster side. They're the more upbeat side, and they're a little so, bit simpler.
1: They're and maybe perhaps structured that way to sell the album better to yeah, the casual yeah. listener.
0: And then once we get to the other side, there, like I got some some things to say about the other side. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say the next song that's on this one, Down Don't Bother Me, this mm. is the one that's the first track on the album that is written by Albert King. Yeah. And it's really, really friggin' good. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's so personal. It's like, so the blues has this, this mentality that goes along with it. Mm. Something has gone wrong in my life. I want to commiserate with you about this thing.
1: Right. Drinking songs, you know. Like... Right.
0: A lot of them are stories. Some of them are just sort of like exercises on an emotion. Yeah, yeah. This song flies in the face of that by saying, hey, stuff's going wrong. But you know what? Everything's like, I've been worse. Yeah. This I, isn't the worst that I've ever <laughs> been or that I could be. I
1: hope the mic can pick ma- pick up my furious nodding. Yeah. Like, angry, yes. like, yeah. 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and so you have this blues song that is like skewing a lot of the traditional story structure of a blues song. Yeah. And so you get so much of his personal voice on this track.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah because he's talking about how like the title says down don't bother me like he's so used to this negative emotion that it's like this is his everyday life now and he's being optimistic about that weirdly. right which is really strange it's like when he has like a good day i guess it means so much more when the rest yeah. of it's horrible right right it, and he says like i'm gonna take all my worries and cast them into the deep blue sea you know yeah <laughs> and that's like wow
0: <laughs> D- dang all right that's pretty powerful
1: Yeah, like, this isn't a song about wallowing in it. Like, most blues is, um, this song is more, like, dealing with it, almost,
0: you know? Yeah, which is wild that that is so different for a blues song to be.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that's why they call it the blues. (laughs) I can't
0: believe you've just done this. That doesn't even make sense. I can't believe you've done this.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, I love, Ooh. I love Down no Bother Me. And I also, there's horns all over this track and they're all great.
1: Yeah, there's they're a so, lot of so really good. good horns on this album. It's the uh, Me- the Memphis Brass, which they've worked on like hundreds and hundreds of albums. and they're, So obviously they're going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> And they make really good use of them here, and like especially working with Booker T. Like I'm sure Booker T. And his band would work with the Memphis bass before too. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way they didn't, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: would so. be very surprised. If they so there's it.
1: a lot of synergy. So then we got the Hunter track six.
0: Okay, so this is the last <laughs> track on side one, and this one goes nuts. It goes real hard. <laughs> it goes super hard. Guitar takes center stage right yes. off the bat, and Albert King is. Playing. Yeah,
1: this is this is where he goes. He's like, check it out. Check up my sick shreds. My, like, you know, <laughs> They're my riffs. so
0: good. <laughs> and also, the lyrical content of yes. this one is goddamned ridiculous. It's, it's
1: absurd. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no need to hide. <laughs> Ain't no use to run. Cause I've got you Ooh, in the sights of my love, my love gun. God. <laughs> <laughs> but but the gun you think it's like some like super dirty sexual thing like the kiss song love gun which uh, we're gonna get to that one <laughs> uh, but it's not it says it's loaded no, up with hugs and kisses yeah, his, his love gun is loaded with hugs and kisses and then you amazing. remember
0: that this was made in the 60s where that is what love guns were loaded with <laughs>
1: It's like I want this song to perhaps be played on the radio.
0: <laughs> Maybe one day I shall get my songs on the radio. So
1: I won't say dirty, dirty sex things. <laughs> but you know, like, like, it's like probably what he wanted to. Like. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, it's like, it's, no,
1: he's talking about his love it's gun. It's a love
0: gun. Come on. <laughs> it's so, but it's almost like I, I'm appreciative that it is just loaded up with hugs and kisses because it gives the song just such a goofy, bouncy sort of yeah. feel.
1: Yeah, like and and like I love what I've like found about Albert King because like he's such. We, we found out he's six foot seven. Yeah, and he's, he's a gigantic, huge man, and that's why he's called the the velvet bulldozer. Because he's got such a smooth voice, and he is so the size smooth. of a mountain. So smooth. But, like, just, like, that image coupled with the lyrical concept of that song is such an amazing, like, mental image, you know? Yeah! I just said image twice, but... <laughs> this gigantic man talking about his love gun. Loaded with hugs and kisses. Loaded with hugs and <laughs> kisses. <laughs> that is a, that's the first side of the record.
0: And now we get into the second side, and you can tell the first time that we listened to this, it was not with the idea of sides in mind. Yeah. It was just it's just straight through. Exactly. But there was a distinct tonal shift when we got to the track, I Almost Lost My Mind, because yep. the first note that I took for that is, right, this is a blues album.
1: <laughs> yep, it's it's gonna be sadness and misery.
0: Super sad, <laughs> and like... I love the soup. <laughs> I hate you. Thanks. <laughs> Go on. It's really despondent, and the technique is great.
1: Yes, this song is a lot of fun to listen to despite it being like like one that's actually a sad sad blues song. Yeah. It's,
0: it's not the saddest song on this side or on this album either. We'll no, get to that. No, but later. it is still really fun to listen to being a sad song.
1: Yeah. It's just like I lost my lady, I almost lost my mind. It's just basically a blues song. Yeah. <laughs> and this uh, this is an old standard from the 50s too. But uh,
0: Albert King and Booker T own this. In their production and their composition because of that
1: flute. Yeah, the flute. This is the one with the flute solos. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, like, the flute is doing, like, these interwoven riffs and, like, licks and solos like the blues guitar would be doing during these verses. But it's a flute and it's fucking sick. It's going (laughs) nuts, you know? And, and, like, I've never heard anything like that in the blues. It
0: takes, like, a really prominent role and like you said, serves the role of the guitar in a piece, which is remarkably brave yeah. in a
1: blues piece. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's legitimately, like, it sounds like you could just transcribe those notes to guitar and it would sound, like, perfect, like that could have naturally been done. Yeah. You know, like, it sounds like someone's playing a guitar, but the, the instrument is not a guitar, it's a flute. <laughs>
0: yeah. And flute is just wild to put into any sort of blues or blues rock or rock and roll, like, yeah.
1: See Jethro Tull.
0: Right. And as we were listening to this, I said aloud, Jethro Tull wishes they were that (laughs) flute because it's so good.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, like Ian Anderson is a fucking boss on the flute, but that's besides the point. Right. Yeah. 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 This is before that, so...
0: (laughs) And then the piano is also really strong on this one, too. The keys and the horn together are just, like, really, really solid.
1: Yeah, which the keys on this album were partially played by Booker T, but also Isaac Hayes. Mm. And, like, that's awesome, and I don't know which parts Isaac Hayes played, (laughs) but, I mean, we know it's awesome. Yeah. So, Isaac Hayes is the shit. Yeah, and then we got Personal Manager.
0: Personal fucking Manager.
1: I'm about to go ahead and look up the lyrics. I mean, I'm gonna about to go up and remember the lyrics for this one. <laughs> Please do.
0: <laughs> personal Manager is the other song on this album that is expressly written by Albert King. And like Down Don't Bother Me, it is so, for lack of a better word, personal.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's
0: so much in his voice. There's yeah. no other person that could have written some of the <laughs> stuff in this song.
1: Yeah, only this gigantic goof of a man could do this. It's so so
0: good. <laughs> yeah. Hit me with
1: some of those yeah, yeah. those euphemisms. So so of course the, the there's a lot of blues songs that go I want to be your blank. Right. Uh this one is I want to be your personal manager, babe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is already just like okay. <laughs> it's so all right. Such what such a good
1: premise already. Like <laughs> yeah. And he says, like, I want to do everything I can for you. And like he's basically just saying, like, you know, I'll be there for you and like enrich your life, like when your so called friends are through, you know. But so in this in the second verse, he says, If you sign my contract, baby, you know all your worries are over for you.
2: It's like <laughs> and, what?
1: And then I want to be your milkman every morning, your ice cream man when the day is through. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh that's so s- silly the fucking best like, i love it so he's your personal manager your milkman and your ice cream man depending on the current context of, <laughs> of your life right
0: now. and it's so it's so weird it's so goofy but it's like charming yeah in how goofy it is because well,
1: like it makes sense like i only just now thought of this again like sure. this keeps happening like i think of things while we're doing it yeah instead yeah, yeah. of thinking about it before like a responsible podcaster? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, but, uh, like, so think about what well, the milkman, and the ice cream man, they come by reliably. Yeah. Like the milkman every morning. He's yeah. like saying like, I'm going to be, I'm not going anywhere. If you're with me, like, I'm going to be here for you. Yeah. Like, which is awesome. Like, it sounds super goofy, but like being your milkman every morning is like pretty meaningful, right? Like, yeah,
0: of course. <laughs> like, if this is your, if this is your move, if this is your line, uh, you are a braver person than I am, alright?
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you figured it out. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, this is this is a really, like... If this works for you, you have cracked the code. <laughs> the code of communicate Not just, like, the code of romance, like yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. sort of secret language that you have to do to get women. Like, you've cracked the code of communicating with other human beings. <laughs> because you are on some next-level shit.
1: Yes, fuck yes.
0: Also... <laughs> Just besides the roundabout romance that is in the lyrics, he just shreds on this one so hard. This
1: this is like the one on the album. Like this is like the freebird. Yeah, you know, this is it because this is the longest track. It's still not that long. It's only four thirty-one. That's like a minute longer than most of the tracks. Yeah,
0: that's like a radio Um, cut where you need to have a bathroom break. Yeah, exactly. That's not. (laughs) It's not super long. Yeah, yeah.
1: But uh yeah, he takes that time and uses it well to fucking tread his fucking flying V ass guitar. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like the image that I have of this man playing personal manager has been four hundred percent enhanced by knowing that there is a flying V guitar in his hands while he right. does it. Right. It's, it's so perfect. so good. And the uh The goofs don't stop with Personal Manager, because immediately Mm. following that is Laundromat Blues. Yeah. Which is not (laughs) one of his, but it might as fucking well be.
1: Right, yeah. Um, This is by Sandy Jones, who doesn't have a Wikipedia article, so who
0: fucking knows what the deal with that (laughs)
1: is.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Laundromat Blues is more of a typical blues song, but it's talking about a woman cheating on her man
1: at the laundromat at
0: the laundromat
1: <laughs> and like he he shows up there like when she's doing the laundry probably like see her it'd be romantic and shit you know you think and uh he sees her with this other man and it's like oh there's another uh connection uh, like a real actual connection that's not just some fucking guy's last name okay uh, tell who's me. that girl Right? Oh
0: my god, they both right? have a song about cheating Yeah, yeah They have go. a real thematic tie between the two albums Thank you for finding that yep. Because that is and so much better than the goofing thing that I pulled out
1: <laughs> And the theme is A word that I'll get slapped by Jake if I say again on this podcast
0: <laughs> I don't know what that word is I don't want to know what that word is
1: Well, you know what it is Well, I'll tell you later But uh, yeah, Laundromat Blues is a fun-ass song It's he...
0: really fun for being a probably one of the more downer songs <laughs>
1: And the uh, the guitar work is sick here, too. It's really good. But yeah, like, this might as well be an Albert King song, <laughs> from what the, we know of him now.
0: And that's yeah. really what stands out about this album, is that you have so many blues ideas that mm-hmm. are being filtered through the personal language that Albert King employs, and the personal storytelling techniques that Albert King chooses to use. Yeah. Like, whoever wrote this song, this was included on this album.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I actually, I just remembered a lyric from this. And I actually really remember it this time instead okay. of looking it up and nice. pretending.
0: No, I watched you. It's good. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> he, he's telling her, or he's like asking her like why she's spending so much time at the laundromat. And he says, you don't want to get too clean, baby, or wash your life away. So he, he's like, I'm going to fucking go. Like, if this <laughs> yeah. keeps up, right? Like, right. spend so much time at that laundromat. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Like, he knows. He knows what's oh. up. <laughs> it's, it's like, so funny.
0: These two songs back to back are just so good, because it's, like, this is the goofiest shit that I've ever heard. Like, Personal Manager almost primes you for laundromat blues. Yeah. Because sure. Personal Manager is like, okay, this this can't get weirder. And then it gets to laundromat blues, and it's like, it's not weirder. It's so yeah. no weird, but it's not weirder. Yeah. So, like, you're now perfectly willing to have a sad, like, broken-up romance story where the centerpiece is the laundromat.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that's genius.
1: And, like, when we say weird, it's, like, it's not, like, inaccessible. It's, like, just, like, the idiosyncrasies yeah. of the mannerism and everything. Right, when like, when I
0: say weird, she's not, he's not catching her, like, eating fucking laundry detergent
1: <laughs> Although, I would be really amazed if that happened in the narrative of yeah, the song. Yeah,
0: right, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, that, it's not, like, super weird or inaccessible. It's just, like, no. of all places, it, you picked laundromat? Yeah. <laughs> like, this... I have the same thing with Laundromat Blues that I have with Personal Manager, and that's, this is your move? (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Except for the first one, it's this is your move on the other person, and then with Laundromat Blues, it's this is your move on me?
1: Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Like, he can't believe this is happening.
0: Yeah, (laughs) this is so so goofing, but I love it. I I
1: love 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 Laundromat Blues.
0: Next up, we have As the Years Go Passing By. Mm -hmm. This is one of the smoothest songs on the album, Vocally. This is where... Albert King really gets to show off his gospel pipes. Yep. Like, we mentioned that his nickname was the Velvet Bulldozer a couple different times because it's such a good nickname. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. Bulldozer <laughs> because he's a giant. Velvet because he can go smooth as silk as necessary.
1: Yeah, or even Velvet, mayhaps. You might say.
0: <laughs> One might even say his voice is as smooth as Velvet. One could say that if they weren't a chump such as I. It's... But here we are. <laughs> But yeah, as the years go passing by, it is super smooth. Like he gets to play with his range like a little Velvet. bit. I, I'm gonna cut you. <laughs> I'm gonna cut you out of this podcast, and it's gonna be me saying a bunch of nice things about this album in a row. Well, have fun, fucker. <laughs> I can't believe she left.
1: Just kidding. I just opened the door. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Oh,
0: how'd you sneak back in? That's amazing.
1: <laughs> Ninjutsu.
0: <laughs> so anyway, this is the, as the years go passing by. Is the song that is probably the saddest, and I think it's the mm-hmm. key because I don't know which key it's in, but just the notes that are being played feel the saddest overall out of any of the songs in the album.
1: I agree with that. And I feel like being a blues album, it had to have one of these yeah. somewhere. And this is it. And and it is um technically good and the, the keys are really the highlight of this for me. They play the good moving chords that are yeah. Very gospel gospel influenced, I found. But overall this song is one of the less memorable ones. It's yeah. memorable for being a standout for being that sad sad song, but like just content wise it doesn't really Right. Like I can't remember the melody right now.
0: No, I think you're right. Like, I remember the how it made me feel a lot more than the actual content of the song
1: exactly i can recall the melodies of like the other songs and i could just sing them but this one i'm just like wait how did it go it was probably good but like how did it go it was fine but it wasn't (laughs)
0: like i don't know exactly what the song was
1: exactly yeah Uh, And then we got the last track, which is The Very Thought of You, which is a song I was really excited to see on this track listing, especially as a closer. Like, this is the oldest song in the album, because everything else is from the 50s and 60s. This is a song from 1931, and it's an old, like, jazz crooner standard. And I knew this one because of Billie Holiday, who has an amazing rendition of it. And this one is very different from that version that I know. And that they slow it way down And it really actually helps the song In a really interesting way And it's really cool
0: Yeah, the piano has a great time on this one as well The saxophone is so good Yeah, when
1: it pops in and
0: It shows up oof. and it is there <laughs> Oh
1: Yeah Like we were, we were talking while listening to it And you like kind of had like shut me up when that happens like, Right, yeah Because you, you heard that You're like, whoa <laughs>
0: I, I think I was like in the middle of saying something And I was just like Yeah, you shut yourself oh. up Yeah Oh Oh <laughs> saxophone it
1: was good it was good it was really really good and I (laughs) loved
0: that he ended this with a crooner piece because again his fucking voice album is so weird yeah because what is this song doing on a blues album and then it just owns it it owns the closer on this one and And his voice is so so good on it
1: it's amazing and I love this song it's basically um being head over heels and completely lost in the clouds over this person, you know, and, and like, that's just a really good feeling, yeah. especially the end of blues album, like on such a high note. Cause it's like the very thought of you. And, and I forget to do the ordinary things that everyone ought to do, you know, like yeah. those lyrics and I see your face in, in every flower and your eyes and stars above. It's so sweet. <laughs> it's amazingly sweet.
0: It's so sweet. And that's something that you don't always get on blues album. I mean, you get pining for that which you've lost but you don't uh-huh. necessarily get celebration of that which you have. Yeah. Like, and so to close out a blues album on that note, mm-hmm. especially after a song that we've qualified as feeling the saddest. Yeah. Like it's that <laughs> it brings you yeah. all the way down and then gives you that little lift up to walk away from the album with.
1: That is a good juxtaposition there too. It's really nice. I feel like they knew. Yeah. <laughs> It's really the, good.
0: That's that's really what I get out of Albert King and out of the entire album Born Under a Bad Sign. It's, yes, he knows exactly what to do. He knows what you want, and he's gonna do his thing. Yeah, like he he's a master of his craft, and that allows him to have this room to toy with the format, mm-hmm. to toy with the genre, to toy with the renditions of these songs that you have an expectation of going into this. Even us who aren't as big into blues, we at least have the B.B. King album under our belt from the beginning of this. So we have an idea of what blues looks like. And this threw us on our asses because (laughs) of the personal choices that were made. And that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I really, this album blew me away. I I didn't know anything about any of the Three Kings. And and I'm learning now, and it's very fun.
0: (laughs) It's so nice to have this because... I had, I've always had blues rock in some form or yeah, another. Yeah, of course. But to have the blues and to have that put together and deconstructed and pulled apart and shown all the little sides and facets that are in it between these two albums, these two blues albums that we've listened to, mm-hmm. is just so enlightening and fun.
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, like, this, these are, like breezy like easy quick listens too, oh, which yeah. is really nice like i could just listen to this album like real quick and be done with it and like i mean we did exactly we did just today <laughs> and it was really fun oh it's it's only like 40 40 something minutes yeah <laughs> but it's like perfect length for this kind of thing really so yeah definitely obviously recommend this album <laughs> yes and we recommend touch as well if you like that kind of thing Sorry that we were gone for two weeks, even though we said next week in that last episode. Yeah,
0: turns out holidays (laughs) and New Year's can just totally overwhelm you for a couple weeks there at the end of December. So if you're starting your (laughs) podcast, you should definitely start up your Serial podcast at the very beginning of December. (laughs) Right after God. Thanksgiving is a perfect time to, don't do that, don't, don't be like us, don't, don't make do the it. mistakes we did. But, <laughs> we are very glad that we have been able to put together this episode, especially because I wasn't sure if we were going to have time to do all of this, and now we have a really special episode where we're right here and can yeah. share that.
1: Yeah, this is, and I feel like because of this, we have this energy where, even though my voice is fucking dead and <laughs> shot right now, I feel like this was a very good episode because of the energy we're bringing and being in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. I
0: can't promise that we'll have this energy all the time, but we'll we'll try to get a little bit more of a schedule put together.
1: And if you've listened to this episode, to this point, we love you. Yes, we do. <laughs> because this is one of my favorite ones. I mean, every episode we've done has been my favorite one over the last <laughs> one, which is awesome. Which means we're
0: doing something right, I exactly. think. Yeah, we're getting right. closer.
1: Next time, which we're going to be saying next time instead of next week, but it Just will... Just in case. Yeah, in case. It will be a weekly schedule, and it should be next Wednesday. Let's say it will be next Wednesday, right?
0: Yes. Let's say it will be next Wednesday. <laughs> but next time that you listen to this, we will be listening to Trace Ombres by ZZ Top and Destroyer by Kiss. Kiss.
1: Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Call your dad's his favorite albums on our show today. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh. Put on your fishing hats.
0: <laughs> and if you want to hear more episodes of Album Club 500, you can go to opalnebula.com. As 27 said, new episodes are going to be dropping Every Wednesday, that's the plan.
1: Join us. Tell us what you thought about these albums.
0: If you hated them, tell us and we'll be like, oh. And you can find us directly on Twitter (laughs) and tell us if you hated them. And we will be like, oh. You can find us at (laughs) at albumclub500 on Twitter. Until next time, have fun. Keep listening. Bye.